Okay, welcome back to the Landco podcast. Today's episode uh, is part of the lake management series, um, and we're going to cover underwater fish structure. And I have my dad here with me who has done it all. So, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Landco podcast, an analytical behind the scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Um, okay, this episode is a little different than the previous episodes in this series because, you know, Nate and Greg are like largely scientific and biology and all that stuff. This is kind of hands on experience because uh, my dad has been doing these lakes since, um, what did you say, mid-80s? Mid-80s, yeah. Mid-80s, so uh, going back to Hidden Lakes, which was a property in Knox County that I kind of grew up on, but um, I didn't get too much into the projects because I was into deer hunting, waterfowl, that sort of stuff, but I saw him do literally all of it. So I'm going to break it down into two categories just for kind of uh, this podcast. The first is going to be existing lakes, like things that he's tried on existing lakes as far as structure. And then we're going to move into new lakes because you can kind of do different things um, with a new lake that you can't do on old lakes. So um, let's start with hidden lakes. Um, would you say there was 10 or 12 lakes there? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So start from the beginning because I know you did pallets and Christmas trees and all the old school stuff. So is that right? What am I missing? What would what'd you do in terms of kind of natural? I don't know if you call it natural, but... Well, luckily, um, Hidden Lakes already had a lot of natural uh, structure in the lakes. You know, they had a lot of sanding timber. Um, we did the old Christmas tree deal, the uh, the pallets. But a lot of that was we were able to do because we we worked at changing uh, some of the water levels and connecting some of the yeah, lakes. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. And... Uh, Back then, it was like there wasn't anybody around that could uh, really give you much info on uh, on how to do it. And uh, so trial and error, right? It was trial and error, and we had we had quite a few errors. <laughs> well, that's perfect. That's perfect for this podcast. So, um, what'd you say? Pallets, Christmas trees, um, brush piles, the standing timber. Is cool, but let's not talk about too much about that because that's something that people can't really control. Yeah. Um, unless they're building a new lake, we'll get into that in the, kind of the second part of this one. So, am I missing anything? Pallets, Christmas rip trees. We rip. did a, a lot of riprap projects at uh, Hidden Lakes. Yep. And uh, we connected quite a few lakes and built a couple bridges. And, and these aren't massive, you know type undertakings, but it just, the land kind of lent itself. Well, some of them were massive in terms of like labor. I remember like yeah. cutting down trees and getting all brush piles together. Like those were yeah. full day, if not like weekend projects. So not necessarily like money wise, but it's labor intensive. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, there's a lot, strip mines have a lot of dead water, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so which ones worked? If we have pallets, Christmas trees, pipes, I mean, do they all work the same, or were there some that you found that worked better than others? Um, I think I know what you're going to say, but let's say it anyways. You think I'm going to say they don't, they don't work? I think you're going to say they work differently in, like, rock. You catch a bunch of fish on. Um, the pallets, I don't know if those work. It seems like the big brush piles that you can bury, the bigger the better. They hold fish, but... Yeah. Is that kind of right? It is, you know. Um, 
if, if I had one thing to do, I'd do the riprap. I'd take it down about four feet under the water, uh -huh. and I'd take it above the water to the point where it would cover any high water situation. Yeah. So, so water couldn't get over the top of the riprap. Yeah, which does kind of a dual purpose. There, you're attracting fish because all the bugs and stuff to get in them, but also protecting shoreline for like, you know, small waves and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, and you can do that to existing lakes. You can't often go down as far as you want, but how far do you think you can get down without lowering the water? Three or four feet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it seems like the lower we went, the more fish it would hold too. Yeah. So if you can temporarily lower the water through like a valve or pumping out and get lower, the lower you go, the better, right? Definitely. Okay. And what, like, I don't know why, does it hold fish just because it's different structure or is there like little more food in there or why are they, do we um, know why they're there? I think the food's there. Yeah. And, um. If you've got uh, riprap on a lake, you can almost always catch fish on it. Right. It's always I mean, the it's, first spot I go, but... Yeah. And if you go to a lake and, and they... Most lakes have their riprap at least on their dams. Yeah. To prevent them from eroding. Yep. So... Okay. So that's option number one. And uh, again, we, this is a kind of a shameless plug here, but we do all that stuff. So if you want... This riprap or any lake work, we do that. But uh, um, so, what about the natural stuff, like cutting down trees and hiking out on the ice and waiting for it to melt? And those ever work for you? Um, oh yeah, yeah. The uh, when you start cutting down things and you put them in the water, um, you, you kind of remember that the denser the stuff you put in the water, that's what smaller fish need. Okay. Less dense is for the bigger fish. So the brush piles, um, actually, you could kind of say they're kind of like a beaver hut. And they have pretty much dense stuff, and they, the bait fish hang around in there. Yeah, which will attract the big fish. Yeah, and yeah. the big fish hang around there, too. And you find that on strip mine lakes that don't have brush, which is like what I have in a few of my lakes when you don't have time to manage it is you find like one beaver dam and like every fish in the world in that whole lake is at that, well, that it is, yeah. specific spot. And then you fish it out and fishing the rest of the day is tough. But that's why adding this stuff is important, I think, because it kind of maybe it spreads your fish out, more structure. I'm not sure it can hold more, but it spreads them out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, pallets, does those work? I remember you doing some of those. Pallets are okay, you know. Um. They only work at kind of certain depths okay. of a lake. And, uh, you know, we put a ton of pallets out at uh, Hidden Lakes in the four to six foot water. And uh, they work pretty good because also in that shallow water, you get vegetation structure, which, you know, you, you don't put the habitat for just one fish or one type of fish, but you got to have a habitat for that complete food chain. Yeah. And probably the first question you ask somebody is, what are their goals on their lake? Yep. And we, and I talked to Nate. Well, I talked to, I might have this backwards, but with Nate about defining goals and Greg about like auditing your lake so you know what you have. Um, but yeah, so that's right. Like you put a, 
if you, if you want to catch a big bass and you create a tight brush pile to benefit the bait fish, that helps your bass and so on. Um, so when you're saying you put that the pallets in four feet to six feet, was it mostly small fish that like those? It seemed to? Yeah, especially if they had vegetation around them. Okay. They're a good small fish uh, sanctuary. Okay. Um, tires? You ever put tires in old lakes? We did. We have, we've put... Uh, We've used tires in all kinds of situations, and um, they eventually work loose. You know, if we were using tractor tires and weights, yeah, uh, there's a lot of buoyancy in those things, and every once in a while you'll see them floating around on the surface because they broke loose from the bottom. Yeah. Um, we've also used pipes. Uh, like concrete pipes, you, you can use them sideways for catfish. Like old culverts, you see from like yeah, road. or like yeah, yeah. And um, you know, you put them all together, and, and it creates a some some sort of structure. But I think when you're talking structure on this thing, is especially bass, they like structure that is more horizontal than vertical. Okay. Well, that's probably why well, we can talk about that, too. Um, you didn't get into the artificial stuff until a little later, but I remember seeing those. Um, we put in some paddles. I don't know what you'd even call them, paddles that, like, spread out, like, um, wings, but there was, what, five or six of them in one row? Yeah, yeah. But So we can talk about that in a minute on the new legs because I know you put some vertical, but there was a couple that were, like, 100 foot long, and all of them were up and down. And would you just like roll them in the lake? Um, or push them or you pull them with a boat maybe? Pull them. Pull them, they'd float and then you'd have to, to sink them. Yeah, and those didn't get too deep, did they? Because I remember even seeing some of the paddles stick out. Are you maybe. talking? Um, at Otter Creek. At on, Otter Creek? Mm-hmm. Okay, most of those paddles, most of them, were put in before it filled. The ones up and down, but yeah. then some of the... The other ones were after because they were like, it's almost like, I think there was one left when we sold it, still just sitting on the bank. Yeah. And I think you or Ryan pulled in a few more because I remember you guys saying you didn't, there was never, well, I don't think there was fish in any of them, but the ones horizontal where the stuff were up and down, I don't think you guys liked those. No, the, and, and the, the particular ones you're talking about, um, those were on a four by four, which were 10 or probably 10 or 12 feet long and all we did was screw the paddles onto the yeah the the four by four and we could make about one of those an hour so the 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 labor on them was hardly anything and then the paddles you know i don't know if you remember we had about two thousand of those when we left yeah so we just left and um so that's anyway that's a little later on in the in the process. Okay. Um, well, we can move to new lakes. It's a good transition, but there, is there anything on the under the existing lakes that, that I'm missing? Besides, you know, pipes, rocks, uh, riprap, big rocks, pallets, Christmas trees. I mean, if you're talking, uh, um, if you could only do one thing, is it riprap? Riprap. Okay. Then what? Brush piles? Um, I think after the riprap, I'd try to do uh, hardwood, horizontal, you know, type of pretty big trees. Uh, 
that are hooked to the shore. Because that's where the bigger fish will kind of hang out by it? Yeah. Okay. I remember those too at Otter Creek. Okay. Yeah. Um, pea gravel, did, I know you did that on new lakes, but did you do it on existing lakes? No. Okay. Well, then let's move into that. That's a perfect transition. So new lakes is different because unless you're raising water, that's not really a new lake. It's just a modified, which you can also do things there that you can't on a new lake. But for this purpose, let's talk about like brand new lakes, dry. um, Because then a lot of the lakes, so most of this experience is going to be Otter Creek because that went from what, 35 acres to 135 surface acres? Yeah, something like that. And that's kind of raising a lake, but most of that was dry, like just... So what that meant is we could modify the bottom of the lake as much as we wanted, right? Yes. And we have, and I'll put in this uh, the show notes some of the pictures of that project because we took a bunch, but um, I'm just going to go over some of the things I remember, and if I forget some, tell me. Uh, I know as far as the actually earth shaping... We spent a little extra time like developing drop-offs and there was a road in there and I think he made some drop-offs on the road and elevation changes. I don't know if it worked or not, but I know a lot of people fished back there where you did that. So did that seem to help? Or did that just make it easier to fish because you knew they'd be on those drop-offs? Um, it, it worked and I, I think um, most of your fish are caught in shallow water. Yeah. It's kind of like the area that we called the uh, corral, which was under those bridges we made, or one of those bridges we made. And um, that had just tons and tons of, of standing timber in shallow water. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so when you build your own lake, you're talking about underwater structure, it's almost unlimited because you can have almost every acre of that lake be productive as long as, you know, it's not the 50 or 60 foot yeah. bottom of a strip mine. So, Which uh, most of the new lakes aren't. Most of those strip seams are already plugged up. So most new lakes are like natural, you know, natural draws or whatever. You, you don't see too many new lakes that are 60 or 70 feet deep because it's just... The price to build them is, yeah. you just can't anymore almost. But so talk about the standing trees because that's when we get into building lakes for clients, the one thing that seems like the biggest misconception is everybody thinks you should clear out the whole lake, which is, which is fine, I guess, if you want like a uh, recreational lake for skiing or swimming or something. But if you're talking like wildlife and fishing, like conservation value, I know you've always done that and I've always thought it's awesome to leave as much, especially the big trees, as you can. Yes. And, and the other, the trees that you're, you're taking off the bottom should never come out of the lake. They should be pushed into brush piles and um, maybe shallower water. And uh, Yeah, so don't remove them from the body water completely. Just put them together into piles or whatever. It's, it's kind of like, and this is kind of, people think I'm nuts for doing this or calling it, but I, I always think when I'm looking at a lake underwater, it's like a golf course. And you're going to build a nine-hole golf course or 18-hole golf course. And it's just like on a golf course, you, you know, you have a par three, four, and five. 
and you have your piles at uh, different densities and different depths. Uh -huh. And uh, <clears throat> um, you can use anything you want, but uh, you'll find that uh, some things really don't work. Yeah. And well, you might as well not even go fish them, even though you spent quite a bit of money on them. Well, that's what we're hoping to prevent people from doing that, wasting their money. Okay. Um, so back to the trees for a second. They'll die, right? Like if you leave... If you leave them standing? Mm -hmm. Yes. But they won't... How long... Because I know you did this at the Blackbird Project where you built the lodge. Do you think those trees have fallen? Like how long until they just literally fall over? I don't know if I've even seen it yet. Um, you know, it depends on the, on the species of tree. Yeah. But, you know... It, all these old lakes like Toledo Bend or Table Rock, and you know they're sixty years old or seventy, and they still have standing timber. Yeah, so I think that's cool because people always worry about well they're going to die and fall over. We've even seen it where the first year there's still like leaves come off of them, like they yeah. don't die that fast. But I also think it's cool to point out, and Nate and I talked about this on one of the previous ones. That does help fish. Fish like them, but that's just like a wildlife magnet in general. Like. I remember my mom sitting there taking pictures of like what an eagle eating a bluegill or something like everything's catfish. Everything likes those trees, so that's cool too. Like if you're just into conservation wildlife in general, a lot of cool things happen when you leave as much, you know, untouched as possible. That's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so leave some up. Um, we talked about the drop-offs. Obviously, the riprap is sort of the same as before, but now you're talking about a new lake, so you have control to put as much as you want. Yep, and you can put it out on points. Yeah. And if you want to put it six feet under the water, you know, that's even better than three or four foot. Yeah, and so we did riprap too, but a lot of people, if they're trying to save a few bucks, will find, like, broken up concrete, and that probably works the same. I mean, it doesn't look the same, but have you ever done that? Um, no. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I know it works, you know. Yeah. And it's just not. Uh, it's not as I. It's not visually as appealing, but yeah. you'd, you'd think it'd do the same thing, but maybe not, because a lot of times you do it and the people don't break it up as well, and you'd have like huge pieces everywhere, which probably doesn't work as good. Um, so rip wrap, you have a little more control. You can put it wherever you want, but that's when you got into pea gravel and even like rock piles at the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And those aren't to fish, and it's hard to measure the success of those, but they had to work a little because all those lakes were awesome. So there you're just trying to promote like forage fish, right? Um, Is that for spawning? and? Yeah, a spawning bed, and, yeah. and uh, I think those we did maybe nine of those. Yeah. And I think they were... Uh, nine of the rock piles or like the little swimming pool things? Um, the, the ones with the little Christmas trees on them. Oh, yeah. And they were about uh, 60 feet by 250 feet. Okay, so let's go Let's go there. Oh, that's right. The pea gravel was the base of that, wasn't it? Riprap, not riprap, but uh, type R. Okay. They put on the bottom to kind of limit the... Uh... So this was a... This all started, though... I should explain this, because you probably couldn't do this everywhere. We had this area flattened out like a pancake. It was perfectly yes. flat, right? Yes. And it was going to be... What, four to six foot max depth? They were at three different depths. Well, you remember and, that was? Um, the shallowest ones had the, the top of the, 
structure we put in was three foot from the top of the surface. Okay. And then there were some five foot and some seven foot uh, structures. Okay. And these are, what we're talking about now is, um, I think they came from like a military surplus store, is that what it was? And they're paddles. Yeah. And they look like flat, like baseball bats almost. Like they start skinny and get bigger at the end. They have a little design at the end, but just paddle. like a, And they would stick in like a pipe that was going straight up and down. So it'd be like, like a Christmas tree, but it's all the same width. It's not, right? Weren't they? Yeah, these things were. All the same circumference. I believe they were used to uh, camouflage tanks. Yeah. And they put some sort of anti-air, some sort of netting over them where the tank was kind of invisible. Okay. So first you put the Taipar down. Why did we do Taipar? I don't remember that. Is that so weeds wouldn't grow up there? Yeah. Okay. And then pea gravel. Yes. But then we then you go to pea gravel. Was that for spawning? Yes. Okay. And then this is a big area. What did you say it was? 60 by... Uh, it's a, yeah, maybe that by 240. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I think these pipes were 20 feet apart. Okay. So, that is what I remember looking at it, and I'll put pictures up there, and it looked awesome. I don't remember anyone ever fishing there. No. <laughs> and, and, you know, they also had riprap. Yeah. I mean, every... To me, every piece of uh, of the project should hold fish. Yeah, and they were very expensive because you've got all that labor, all that. Yeah. Do you think that uh, did it? There's no way of knowing this, but do you think it helped from like a spawning, like the little bait fish? Could they get back there? Well, again, it was pretty deep for a bait fish to spawn. You know, these places were probably. You know, from the actual bottom of the lake to the top of the water, you know, were maybe six foot, eight foot, and ten foot. Yeah. And they weren't very dense. So no real value there. You probably, if you were to do it over again, you would, would you have done that? No. Okay. I'd, uh, <laughs> that's the best. I think that's I'd point, pretty I well stay away from this. Yeah. Uh, do you think it was because, and I think we owned it, I think uh, Dirk was saying that they needed to like moss over or something. Remember that? You're saying, oh, they don't work the first few years because they're just clean plastic and fish don't like that. They need to, and I don't know if that's true. He, he also sold them to us, so. But, well, uh, they, I mean, we had that for four or five years. They would have definitely mossed over or weeded over by then, right? So that's probably not a legit excuse. I, I don't think so. And, um, I just don't know why the fish don't stay on them. Yeah. And we, you and I can both say that they did not. Oh, yeah. I mean, there wasn't any reason to, uh, you know, run out and, and start uh, fishing those every morning because the fishing yeah, wasn't this, any better. And sometimes real-world experience is better than, like, the science because science would maybe say, oh, that should work perfect. But there was, we'd have tournaments and nobody would fish there. And that's, like, tells sort, me, sort yeah. of tells you the story. Um, I don't think we did these, but I've seen people doing them, those, like, porcupine things. Yeah. Did you ever put any of those in? Um, a few, not many. And, okay. you know, I, I don't know. I just, uh, plastics are not at the top of my uh, list on what to put in a lake. Artificial stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else that I'm missing, like when you're building a new lake? 
that makes sense to do under the water? I know one thing, but it doesn't have to do with structure, but is there anything else that I'm missing? I'll bring it up in a minute. Um, well, in that lake, we also went in with uh, pretty big equipment, and we bulldozed down the sides of the lakes, if you remember. Oh, I had to kind of taper the sides? Tapered them off so you got points and things. And then when you, when you push in a side of, of a strip mine lake, it'll uh, kind of create a bench that's going to go out kind of in proportion to how much dirt uh, you push in, and then it's going to go down, straight down into the, yeah. the deeper water. But that bench, and anytime you have a bench or a, an edge, um, that's what that's good stuff. Yeah, any change of structure. But that yeah. little benchmark is also good for the riprap because you don't lose it all. Yeah. When you try to put riprap, and we still do it, it's still worth it, but if you put riprap on an, an existing lake, there's no like little benchmark to hold it, so you can try as best you can, you're still gonna lose some of that down to the bottom, which is still structured down there, so it's not a total loss, but it's just a little trickier. So that bench is nice for that as well. Um, anything else on new lakes? Um, we put in the, the tires, mm -hmm. and we put in quite a few concrete pipes, and Almost every tree that we took down got pushed into bundles and wrapped down with uh, steel cables. Yep, I remember that. And a lot of them, too, would stick out above the surface, which you wouldn't, you'd think, I think a lot of people would try to avoid that, but I think those spots ended up being pretty cool. Turtles would use it. and also. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree with you on that deal. Okay. Um, so... If you think of anything else, we can go back to it because I'm going to forget my point because um, it's not a structure, but if on new lakes, if you put in those agri-drain valves, yeah. it gives you the ability to lower it to add this stuff. So what an agri-drain valve is like, it's like a, um, a box with gates. So literally you pull a gate and the water drops that much. You can, they sell them up to like eight feet or pretty deep, right? Yeah. And anytime you have the ability to manipulate the water, yeah, that is very good. I remember Kenny Russell always used to say, in the fall, you lower your lakes and you concentrate your fish. And uh, uh, that does several things, you know. So I, that too, and this is sort of all underwater, so it's all related, but a lot of times we deal with people who need to pump out of a lake for like a wetland, and they're like, oh, I don't want to drop the water too much. But it's like, I, Greg, Nate, and Russell, they always say that. You want the water lower so if in the fall and winter because I think they say it forces all the bait fish out to the middle. Yes. So when your sport fish slow down, they can still eat because those little minnows or whatever can't hide quite as well. Yeah. So having that ability is cool for that, which is to get the bait fish out. But like if you ever want to work on it, you know, if, if you do get some wind damage or if you want to put some more structure, uh, all that stuff helps when you can control it. And those are hard, not hard to put in afterwards, but it's a lot more labor intensive to put, you know, a water control structure in after the lake is up as opposed to when you're doing it. Right? Yeah. And on the Otter Creek Lake, you know, we had some underwater dams. Mm-hmm. 
that would come up to, um, you know, maybe four or five foot to the surface. Um, and way back when we used to put in, uh, uh, they'd be like underwater structure. What they were uh, designed to do is to reduce the silt coming into the lakes. Yeah. And there, that's a, another deal that's underwater that's, that's put in, you know, which is lake. up by like where the water comes in, like the inlet. Yeah. yeah. What are those called? I know we've done some of those. I can't think of the name, but yeah, essentially it's a, oops, sorry. It's like a uh, little, um, all those things you see out in like the fields to slow down erosion, a dry dam pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. it just kind of catches that stuff. We put a couple of those coffer dams in to, yep. to uh, kind of segregate some fish until the lake build. That that lake was is is probably one of the best lakes we've we've built. The Otter Creek one. The Otter Creek yeah. and the uh, the most intense lake we ever built was at Ellis Point, and that had as much money under the water as it did above the water. Yep, that was that one back in the timber, right? Yeah, and uh, um, you know, uh, Chef Todd told me last year that he and Nate shocked that and. And that's probably the best lake in Fulton County right now. Um, and I don't think they let very many people fish it at yeah. all. Which is both good and bad. We covered that as well. But yeah, I remember that. That was a bunch of rock, a bunch of elevation changes, a bunch of, um, I remember concrete, the culverts in that one. Yeah. That one had, there was a very small open area in that one, just like in front of the dam. But that was, what, like 80% of that had the, Timber left left up. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was what fifteen acres or something. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you remember, but Ryan would get out there and uh, he was kind of practicing on, you know, track hose making those real steep drop offs. Oh yeah. And so he got a he got a kick out of that. But anyway, okay, you can do a lot of things if you're building a new lake. Yep. Okay. Uh, so recap, good enough. You know, we could. <laughs> Talk about this stuff forever, but old lakes, riprap, it seemed to work the best. Old, um, like non-artificial stuff, like your brush piles, your uh, pipes, even tires to an degree, but not so much. But in, in general, stayed away from that artificial stuff. On new lakes, if you can manipulate the um, kind of topography a little bit, it'll congregate your fish. And um, more riprap. The water control control structure, I think, is pretty important. And again, for us, we stayed away from the, um, the artificial stuff, but that's just our experience. doesn't mean that it never works. People yeah. use it. Yeah, I it's, just... You're probably right. It probably works in, you know, a lot of the situations. Yeah. Okay. Um, and leaving as much of the standing timber as you can seems to work. So uh, that is it for this one. We went a little over, but uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, I'm going to see if my dad will stick around and do another little bonus episode on docks. So add that to the list of little bonus episodes at the end. So cool, stick around to talk about that. You bet. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys.